Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. And the immediate consequence of this proclamation is the formation of new community in the calling of the first disciples. Every signal says this is not business as usual. They left their livelihoods for something new. Something new is happening that undoes the patterns of the past and allows those who lived in darkness to live now in great light. And that new thing is no more distant and no less present now than it was 2,000 years ago. And each day, we are invited to discover what it means to live in the kingdom, to live under the rulership of God, the dominion of God, the reign of God. And as we recognize the grace of God, so we turn, we're invited to turn toward this new thing and let that new thing the grace of God shape our lives. That's the meaning of repentance. It's, it's turning. We're invited to turn toward this new thing, repent, and live into this graceful way of being alive. In some ways, what we're asked to do is really quite simple. Whenever we worship, we orient ourselves toward that which is of ultimate worth and allow what matters to shape our lives. We look for the effects of our prayer, not in some experience of God's presence, particularly, which is always a gift, but more in the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. And so perhaps we recognize that we're living a little less anxiously than we were before, or we're living a little more generously, or we're less inclined to uh, set ourselves over against others, and we're a little more free. Living into this new reality is really quite simple, in that grace abounds, and all we have to do is repent or turn toward the real source of our life and away from the false gods which uh, will constrict us and, and kill us in the end. But at the same time, we know that new occasions teach new duties or that when we confront circumstances that are new to us, then we have to learn all over again what it means to live with the freedom that comes from the reality that the kingdom of God is so close to us. We hear every day as at the moment, as we heard in our new president's inaugural address, that we are living in a time of unprecedented challenge, that we are not living in a time of business as usual, that things are fundamentally and radically different. Every day we hear of thousands of people being put out of work by this company or that. My prayer list of those who are unemployed in our own parish was seven people about three, uh, two and a half months ago, and it's now well over 30, 30 of you who are without work. And, and that doesn't scratch the surface of the anxiety that comes up in just about every conversation sooner or later. I think of those of you who shared with me that you've had no income in 2008 and there are no deals, no mergers, no development projects on the horizon and you're worried. And I think of those of you who've shared with me that you have plenty of work but you're having trouble getting paid once you've done it. I think of the conversations I've had about we need to cut back, and it's hard to tell the children that they can't do things that they were used to doing, and that leads to an important conversation. I think of one person who has tenants begging for rent relief, and he's got a mortgage to pay. How does he do it? I think of another of you whose 
who's not sleeping, wondering about the next round of layoffs and who he's going to have to let go and who he's going to have to fire. We're in a massive and disturbing recession that while many of us are doing okay, okay, that a recession is going to affect us all in one way or another, if it hasn't already. And there is no way in which that effect can be said to be easy. So how do we respond together? How do we respond to this good news? The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. How are we going to be a sign of this new humanity being called into being by the grace of God? How are we going to do something that's not just business as usual? I worry that with all these layoffs and so on, companies are just retrenching rather than shifting. And we're all sitting back and waiting for someone else's stimulus package to stimulate something. And, and, and as long as we do that, it's not going to work. How are we going to be 11 in the world? How are we going to be truly for one another in this new humanity? Well, you know some of it. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about remembering that all we need for life really is provided. Even when we're afraid. Even when we're anxious. We've been talking about how our status comes from being beloved of God and nothing else. And that we are of infinite value. And we are infinitely precious. And what we need is provided by a faithful God, however anxious we may be and however afraid. We've called a group of you together who are seeking remunerative employment to support and encourage one another, to hold each other accountable, to help each other get up in the morning, to remember that we all have work we've been given to do in loving and serving God's creatures. And this group is also to be, importantly, a sign for the rest of us of God's grace and a reminder of those in need within our own midst. But more than that, even more than that, we're trying to sort out how to be a collective sign of this new community in the midst of recession. How to do something more than just business as usual and hunker down and hope to make it through until the new normal appears. Our canvas is drawing to a close. And once again, the vast majority of us who have made commitments have increased our commitments or, or, or sort of swallowed and said, I don't know how I'm going to keep mine going, but I will do at least the same as last year. And there are some who have had to cut, who's who's got significant portions of income coming from, from investment and they've just taken hits and they can't do it. And I'm grateful for every single one of you who has made your commitment to support God's work through this parish for the coming year. But here's the thing. We're about $100,000. We're going to be about $100,000 down from 08 in giving. And costs have gone up. And we've got a big gap. And so we've been asking, what can we do about this when everybody is being faithful and what we know is there are going to have to be some very visible and painful cuts in our program. And, some, and they will be a headline for lots and lots of hidden ones. Our finance committee is talking, uh, as we do each winter, about how to manage all of that. But what's different this year is we're talking about how to make fundamental shifts, how to turn things around, how to recognize that we're not in business as usual and there is a new thing happening and we're being asked to respond to the presence of God's kingdom in our midst in some new and different way and not just, not just pull, in, pull in all of our resources and hang on tight and wait for this particular storm to pass. See, we're so much more fortunate than many, many parishes. Number one, we don't use endowment income to support our budget. Thank God for that decision. And so, so we're not doing what some have had to do 
to support their operating costs. The challenges we face are a little different. We're talking about how do we keep our staff together so that they're not bearing the brunt of this like it's happening opportunistically in so many, so many other, other places. And we think, think, think in terms of more than one year. And so we'll be able to reduce the staff, which we need to do, through attrition and not through, not through layoffs. More than taking care of our own people, however, we're, we're seeking ways to increase. How do we take care of the neediest in our midst? And so we're talking about having a modest deficit for a year or two. We know how we're going to fix it. And at the same time, radically increasing by a percentage or two, uh, dollars, new dollars for the neediest in our midst, for, our, uh, for what we call for our unemployment support, for individual assistance, largely to people on the streets, for the poorest in the, in the world, for, uh, the working poor in our community through our own ministries of covenant and midtown assistance and refugee ministry and threads, looking further afield, how do we engage in supporting the poorest and empowering them through the Millennium Development Goals? And, and, and isn't that a way in which we can be this community of good news in challenging times. Isn't that something of which we can be proud? It's risky, it's counterintuitive to give more and to carry a deficit. But isn't that something that, that, that has to do with being the church and not being governed by a calendar, date on a calendar? It's different for us. It's a hard conversation for those of us, and I've, my entire, entire ministry, ordained ministry, I've never supported a deficit budget. But this year, something is different. How are we going to be that community, that sign of God's love for one another as well as for the world? How are we going to do more than just get through it and pay lip service to being Christian? And I think this is a way. I'll remind me and you from time to time throughout the year that if things have settled down and you can give more, please do, because we need it. And, and those who are in need need it. And perhaps you can be generous and your gifts will be welcome and will be well used as we seek to reveal and proclaim this truth. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has drawn near. A new thing is happening. It's not business as usual. We've got to leave those familiar nets and try something different. We know in every way that we will repent or turn anew to the source of all life and make choices appropriate for faithful people in new times. So as ever, let's take a time of silence to remember what matters, to remember that we are of infinite value, that every one of us is loved beyond measure, that God is trustworthy even when we are fearful, and perhaps set aside that anxiety, those anxieties, just for a moment, and commit ourselves anew to living, not just as individual Christians, but as the entire people of God, responding to the kingdom's nearness, the grace of God, visible among us and through us for a world in need. In silence and in response to the gospel, let us pray.